This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven fempreneurs learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Turn your dreams into actionable, marketable, and profitable plans and make your business irresistible. Welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where women who are fempreneurs and beyond come to learn how to be more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident in their business and their life. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I have a great episode for you today. Um, in the theme of gratitude, like I am sticking with for all of November, I am bringing on people who are very, very important to me, who have played a major role in um, my own business success and my personal success. And so I am super excited to uh, have Aaron Pearson on the Bombshell Business Podcast with us today. Aaron is a digital brand strategist, killer content creator, filmmaker, author, a best-selling author, author, if I could add that in, and award-winning designer. He focuses on business solutions that encourage the promotional growth of digital entrepreneurs and content creators and specializes in devising creative ways to maximize the full potential of a client's digital footprint through many creative channels and out-of-the-box methods, my favorite kind, Aaron advances his client's brand while maintaining marketing driven by consumer behavior Thank you so much, friend, for being on my podcast today. Welcome. Absolutely, Amber. I'm totally honored, really stoked to be here. And as soon as you asked me, I'm like, uh, duh, of course I'll come on. Like, I'd be happy to uh, just to share our experiences together. And and uh, so I appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. Absolutely. Tell my bombshells just like, who are you like as a person? Um, you know, as a person, I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Um, I enjoy travel. I enjoy um, photography. I mean, one of my biggest passions is creating content. And that doesn't necessarily always equate to, um, you know, business and dollars. I just enjoy creating content. I enjoy creating things. I literally... Uh, fish out experiences and document the, my successes and failures along the way. So um, that's that's probably in a nutshell how to best describe me. Professionally, it's a it's a bit of a different story. I love watching when you do a video or um, like you're just walking through. Maybe you're traveling somewhere to um, you know for a contract or whatever, and then you just do a video in that town. And it's like just really cool to watch. I always have a camera ready and charged. Um, just in case there's an opportunity to, to create something new. So tell us about then your the, your business, like because you do a lot of different things, but maybe touch on, um, so you know my audience, but probably about as, as well as I do, but what type of work do you think that they would understand? Because you do so much. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I can tell you, and and we, I know we haven't uh, we haven't talked recently in the last whatever thirty, sixty days or something like that. And a lot of things have changed and pivoted in, in my business as well. I mean, 
traditionally, um, I, I own an ad agency for six years. I sold that company and then I started working as more of a private consultant where we would do um, like a lot of web development, um, identity design, so logo designs, business systems, creating um, different types of digital assets for you know online entrepreneurs, offline entrepreneurs. We weren't really prejudiced to who we worked with, but the majority of my work for the last um, 10 years has been uh, de- delivering creative executables. So web development, graphic design work, um, video production, audio production, things of that nature. Um, in the last few months, we've kind of repositioned ourselves and I've repositioned myself specifically um, more as like an information um, architect where, um, and, and you may have heard the term UX before, user experience. Oh, yeah. um, I think nowadays I'm, I'm more of a user experience designer than anything. Um, we've been traveling all around the world, um, providing and, and essentially facilitating um, a user experience framework for our clients. So if a client's trying to launch a new product, we take them through a framework where we're not telling them what needs to be done, but we have this very hardcore discovery session with a framework that is, okay, here's our process from A to Z. And what we do is we we identify who the users are. Um, we identify the brand attributes uh, for the company itself based on their goals. Um, we identify um, different priorities of how things need to be executed. And what we would do is we create essentially user experiences or different types of, of user experiences. How do we want this user to experience your company. So from a branding standpoint, which is what my book is, everything I, I, I talk about business-wise is always predicated on branding. I talk about building a brand. Mm-hmm. And um, for, for you guys who, I mean, the word brand is is just kind of this like bold word that could loaded. mean a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to try to simplify it for you guys and your audience um, uh, right now. And essentially, well, in the, in the past, people thought that what would happen is, is is a company would be formed, they would build a brand, and then a customer would buy. That's not true. What happens is is a company is formed, they they create a customer, and that customer then creates the brand. Essentially, a brand isn't a brand without any sort of equity in it, and this could be social equity or anything like that. So, a brand is really just a feeling that people get or a gut instinct that people get when they have experiences with your company, and that could be an experience could be going to your website. It could be um, if if someone calls on the phone, what kind of hold music is on there? That's an experience. If you have somebody in your office, what kind of water do you serve them? That's an experience. So there's a collection of experiences that happen. But first, you have to have a company and you have to have a customer to identify what that experience is. So branding isn't like, I mean, you can say, well, my goal is to build a brand that does this. And that could be your goal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. In this day and age, consumers are the jury and the executioner. They're the <laughs> ones who hold the weight of everything that you do in the palm of their hand. If you know, and it, and with social media and the way things are, um, you know, companies are are getting vetted by consumers or by their customers very quickly um, based on the experiences that they have. Either they're unique and they provide, um, you know, a, a tremendous amount of value, um, or they're noisy and they're just like everybody else, kind of regurgitating the same thing. So what we do is we go in and we help companies identify who their user is and then how to align that company to create the best experience for that user. And that's done through a two-day facilitation process um, that we call brand discovery. And uh, it's it's an eight-hour session where we bring in all the C-suite executives 
and we take them through this framework, through this process. When we're done, we provide them with their discovery doc for whatever year. You know, this is the 2016 brand discovery doc. And um, in there is some very high level uh, information that they can then use to deploy different campaigns or create different websites or apps or things like that. So I've gotten um, I've gotten away from the actual execution of those things and I've gotten more into the high level strategy of how do we create meaningful experiences for your users or your customers or your audience. You know, we'll call it whatever you want. So um, that's really where my main focus is. And right now, I've actually been obsessing around framework. So I'm using this word framework, and um, you know, I can send you a couple examples of what, what I'm talking about, but um, essentially I'm, I'm learning a ton of different frameworks. So there's frameworks for um, how to create user alignment. There's frameworks for um, business models in general. There's different types of, you know, so many different models. So how do we create a framework? So the majority of my work that I do is actually on a whiteboard now, not as much on a computer. And I have this floor to ceiling whiteboard in my office with sticky notes all over the place mm-hmm. and, and markers and everything. And it's it, honestly, I'm, I'm totally in my element when I'm I'm doing this stuff because I absolutely love connecting the dots. And and what I love even more is when my clients can say, damn, Aaron, you were able to provide results. Like we can physically measure, you know, uh, and, and on the computer, we can measure the results from the discovery that we've done with you. And that's been really rewarding for me. I actually just did a discovery uh, with a, a client out in New Zealand. And they're like, wow, this was such a good process. Would you be willing to do this with eight other sub-brands and franchises that we own? And I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah. Where, where are they? You know, And they, they happen to be in Australia and, and uh, Tokyo. So um, really exciting stuff. And, and that to me is, um, that's in alignment with what I want to do, the type of lifestyle business that I wanted to create. I didn't want to create a business where I was a slave to my computer 12 hours a day, you know, like I used to have, where I was a slave to my emails. Now, if an email comes in, it's a very important email. I know that it's important. So I, you know, attack it quickly. Right. Whereas before I had hundreds of emails coming in saying, Hey, can you move this button over here? Can you change this image over there? Can you do this and that? And I said, you know what? This sucks. Like I want to be out traveling. I want to see the world. I want to have a camera in my hand. You know, I want to be working with amazing companies, helping create more meaningful experiences. And I just made that shift and that's now what I'm doing. So since, you know, I don't know if we've talked before I went to London, but I mean, we did this in London. We've done it in New York, Seattle. I was just in Portland, um, Chicago. I mean, we travel and this is my, my team and I travel all around the world now doing this. So um, it's, it's very, very exciting. And, you know, if I wouldn't have decided to kind of make this switch, this, this lifestyle change in my, in my own business, um, I'd probably still be sitting in front of the computer with Photoshop and Illustrator opened, you know, pushing pixels. And that's, uh, that's not as rewarding for me as, um, yeah, as seeing, as seeing like my clients get results from, uh, the the sessions that we do, the strategic uh, sessions that we do. So it's it's been a really awesome change, and I'm I'm stoked to see where it, where it goes in the next few years. Well, and it's interesting too. Well, first of all, I'm gonna just I'm gonna totally do that. I told you so because ever since I've known Aaron, which has probably been about three three plus years, um, what have I always told you? You're you're the guy. Like you are the guy, like you are the guy that has the answers, that sees the vision. You are the guy that people should know that they go to. And I don't, I think you, you might have, and I think you even gave it to somebody else, but you've designed like one thing for me, I think, cause I was just in a pinch. I was like, oh, I need this brochure. I need it made. But I've, I've never gone to you for design work 
simply because you are so much more than that in my mind that like I would never, and I'm not belittling any graphic designer. I'm not saying that. It's just that you are, there's, there's doers and there are thinkers and you're awesome at doing, but your genuine God-given gift is, is the thinking and the strategy and that side of things. So, which is why we've always had conversations, big picture around branding and direction and things like that. And I've never been like, Hey, can you make my podcast graph graphic art, you know, stuff. So, um, right. so, but that being said, um, I know cause I, I know what you've been doing. We haven't really, t- now that you say that, like we seriously haven't. Yeah, it's been a couple months. Like even text message. But anyways, um, <laughs> I'm a bad friend, gosh. Um, you're busy, it's good. Well, you're busy too. So it's, You've got a community, a thriving community that, that is awaiting your content. And I actually <laughs> had to I had to stop my season because I was like, okay, this, the, the podcast for me is a way to give back. It's a way yeah. to, to share with people who can't afford $10,000 engagements Correct. of mine, you know? So, if they can't afford that, it's like, well, check out my podcast. I got so much free information and free resources and mini courses and all sorts of cool stuff that they can get. But I'm like, but also that that does take me away from my primary objective, which is growing our our agency and uh, and our consulting firm. So like, I I ended up uh, having to cut season one. And now we're starting season two, depending on when this publishes. My first episode is um, the first day of November. I believe it's uh, so Tuesday. So it'll be out because I think you are, you're the, the second or third week of November. We're recording this um, like in October towards the end. So yeah, they'll be ready. Yeah. And it's crazy too, because I, I still get tons of emails of people, you know, sending screenshots because I ask people in the podcast, hey, send me a screenshot if you're listening to the podcast or tweet me or whatever. And I get people all the time still. And they, the audience and the listeners are the ones who've actually motivated me to continue doing it because if it weren't for them, I probably would have would have stopped, you know, a while ago. It's It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time especially if you're really providing value. Like I could get on a microphone and, and just talk a bunch of nonsense for an hour easily. But if you're really trying to put, you know, some substance behind your yeah. content and, and get have people, you know, walk away with a ton of value, it takes a decent amount of time. And it's not just me. Like I actually pay somebody else to help me with my podcast because I'm just too busy. You don't have busy. the time. Well, yeah, that's funny time. because I, I text messaged Aaron before we even got on and I said it's going to be um, audio only because my bandwidth just can't handle video. And I would love to see him and see his face and his talk face to face and then just record it. But And so then I sat down and I don't have like the perfect podcasting setup. Like I have a little arm thingy and I've got like a mic, but it's not even like the right mic for the arm thingy. And the the fact that I'm calling them thingies alone should tell you just how this is not even like, (laughs) this is not like what I do. And I thought, you know what? First of all, Aaron wouldn't care. You've been in my office. But second of all, I'm not a podcaster. I am a coach and a speaker who podcasts. So like right. there, there's a difference and I think that's important for people to differentiate. But anyways, we could talk about this stuff all day long. I want to make sure that um, that these fempreneurs who are listening right now can walk away with some real tangibles. So I, I wanted to lay down the foundation of just how epic Aaron is. So you can take, and you know I wouldn't bring anybody on this show that just wasn't amazing and, and who I didn't personally trust. And I have a lot of issues around people who call themselves experts and really don't have anything to back it up. Aaron's just proven himself. So now, now please take take notes, take everything that he's saying and apply it to your own brand. So let's just begin with from your 
amazing amounts of experience. And I know you're working with bigger clients, like much, much bigger clients now. But when you have worked with small businesses before, what are the biggest mistakes you see them making in branding? Um, yeah, this is, and this is a really good question. And I think this even applies to bigger brands. So a lot of the same fundamentals, I think there are just universal truths and universal fundamentals when it comes to building a brand and building a brand really is all about creating a strong, positive emotional connection with whoever your customer is or your audience. Okay. I'll, we'll just call them customers. Cause I could say customer audience avatar, whatever. So <clears throat> the, the goal is always to create a strong emotional connection, a positive one. Now branding also could be negative. So branding isn't like the term itself isn't good or bad. It just is what it is. Right? So people label it good. People label it bad. Some people hate the old Navy ads, but they, you know, they, they have this feeling that's reoccurring around it. So the question is, is how do we create really strong, a positive emotional connections with our customers? Because if, if you do that, customers become ambassadors, they become advocates, there's affinity around your brand, um, there's an attraction. And ultimately what you're really trying to do is build trust. You know, so to build trust, there has to be some consistency in whatever that um, experiences that, 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 customers having with your with your company. So the biggest mistake that I see people making is they make these things for themselves. And what I mean by these things is their business. Yeah. They make a business that's that's very centered around their wants, their needs, their desires, what they think and what they assume will will take off really well um, in the customer marketplace. The biggest conception uh, or misconception is that uh, the way to overcome that is to really sit down and get hyper intentional on who is your 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 avatar who is your actual user profile and i actually have an exercise amber if you want me to go into that yeah. on how you can do this through um through a framework okay i'm going to take a piece of my framework i'm going to share it with you guys verbally and if you want amber i can send you a kind of a little graphic or something that yeah, you can put on great. this page because um this this should I, ideally i want your audience to to take this exercise and really um, apply it because what you will discover through this process is the best type of content that you could give to the to, to your potential customer, um, the best ways to reach them, what their pains and gains are, what solutions you can provide. So again, everything is about the customer. It's not about you. If, you, if, you're, if you have customers or if you have people that aren't purchasing your product, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. So what I try to do is I try to help the solopreneur and, and, you know, and the entrepreneur, at least on my podcast as well, um, turn whatever this um, this passion is into an actual business. And to do that, you have to do some of these high level things. So I'll give you an example Wait, here. So can I, can I put a time out on that real quick? Because I yeah. know my loyal listeners have heard me say, you have to understand you in order to have the kind of business that you want. You have to understand how, what your values are. And I, I've talked a lot about understanding yourself so that you can have a business that you're happy about. But I want to say there's a huge difference between understanding what you need to be a joyful and and fulfilled business owner where your passions and your everything is living in and through you and through your business. That is how you do business. That is how you operate the behind the scenes of your business. What Aaron's talking about 
is how you share that business with your customers and their experience, which is completely different. And that needs to be all about them and nothing really. It shouldn't be, well, I like this color and so I'm going to use this color, but nobody cares about that color in your in your customer base. So I just want to make that distinction because I have hit it so hard that like it should be about you. That's for how you're structuring your business, not how you're selling your business. So sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, and you're fine. And I would say also just to dovetail off that, um, you know, in the hierarchy of of a process of setting up a company or starting to to build your own business, you, what you mentioned is step one: is getting clarity on what you want, what type of business that you want to have, and what type of life you're going to have once you create this business. So this step here in this process that I'm going to go over is is a process that is. It doesn't have to be your your customer right now. So if you're doing business currently, you don't have to profile your customer right now. You can profile the type of customer that you want in the future based off of the type of lifestyle business that you're trying to create or business or, or the time that you have to invest into it. The idea is that you can choose, you can do business with anybody that you want if you understand their behavior, right? And you understand their their, their needs and their wants and what they struggle with. Um, you can help connect those dots. So yeah, I agree completely. And that's one of the biggest things. It's the first part of, of my training, Amber, is getting clarity and how do we get clarity? Um, and, you know, and it's just, it's critical. Absolutely. So um when it comes to user profiling, I break this down into um, the first thing I do is I have kind of like a six quadrant grid, which I will put on your, I'll send you a graphic of. The first section is about the user. So this is general demographic. Um, are they male, female, age? Now, when I do this, I actually give each profile a name. Give like this is a real person. So their age isn't from 25 to 35, their age is 27. Right, um, they're they're they have a name. Yes, you know we've got Amber Hurdle and um, you know wh whatever other d just general demographic goes into the about the user section. So do they have kids? Are they in a relationship? Um, what's their income status? That's just general information. Okay, this isn't the good stuff. The next section is work and education. So what have they done in the past? What is their background? What are they doing currently? What is their education like? Okay. Fairly simple and straightforward. Next area is interests and activities. And from there we look at, well, are they health nuts? Do they enjoy running? Um, you know, uh, you know, what type of, uh, you know, interests and activities all around. So, I mean, I, I'm actually looking at one of our profiles right now. So I'm trying not to name off everything that these guys have, but they, you know, it says hockey, they're interested in boxing, um, you know, they have, let's see, extreme aerobics, uh, fashionable sports. They love and hate CrossFit at the same time. <laughs> um, they're, uh, they're an influencer. Uh, they they uh, go to boot camps and things like that. Uh, the next section is a lifestyle and personality. So they're, they're healthy. Um, they eat for purpose. They're utilitarian. Um, they have this work-life balance idea. They're engaged. So I'm just giving you some examples of what you can put into these categories. The next two, I think, are the most important ones. And these are the ones that um, 
Well, they're equally important to everything, but they're they're the ones that you can use to leverage to gain more insight into your customer and come up with ideas to create more meaningful experiences. Because the goal is, again, how do we create meaningful experiences? How do we create affinity around your brand? And um, it's not something we can tell people. It's something that they have to experience, right? right? So so how do we get them to experience it? Well, the next sections are what tech and media are they interested in? So I'll give you an example. If they had magazine subscriptions come to their house, what are they? What do they have? You know, are they health magazines? Is it Wired? Is it Entrepreneur Inc? You know, what type of magazines are they, are they subscribed to? What type of news channels in their social media feeds do they uh, do they follow? You know, they 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 follow Bombshell, right? So they see all those messages come in. Uh, they may follow. Uh, a handful of other, you know, different types of uh, different types of channels. Um, are they early adopters? What platforms are they using the most? Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case is. Um, and then the last section is what brands do they currently trust? Who are they already brand ambassadors for? Are they Apple or PC users? Right? Yeah. Do they wear Under Armour or And One? Um, you know, like once you really break down. The, the type of person, and not just the profile, but the psycho profile, how they think, how they live. I mean, close your eyes and pretend like you're, you know, living a day in their life. <laughs> and what are they really struggling with? So I'm going to go through those six again. So first we do general demographic about the user, work and education, interests and activities, lifestyle and personality, tech and media, and then brands that they're currently loyal to. And if you do this for three different profiles, and again, give them give them different names. It's funny, by the end of our strategy sessions, when we do these uh, in person, we're calling people, oh yeah, that's for the Janices of the world. Right. And that's for the Ryans of the, you know what I mean? Because we've identified that there's three different types of customers that could purchase your product. And there's probably more than that, there's maybe five. But ideally, if you can focus on those three main customers, and then what we do is we, there's two things we can do. One is we can narrow it down so you know what, we really only want to attract one of these three profiles. And if we are we are really good at doing that, then our chances of, of creating a better experience for this user drastically increases because we know exactly who they are. We, we know who we're targeting. There's no questions being asked. Um, that's one way is you just... Uh, you, you break it down. The other way is, is that you try to find the commonality between the three users and their pain points and then look at how can you create essentially a user experience for all three of them based on all three of their needs. But I can tell you it's easier the latter when you're, when you're niching down, right? Mm -hmm. um, the last thing that I, I would say you could do um, if you want to get even more granular is go into pains, gains, and solutions for each one. So then on this other additional page, there would be like, um, what are their current pains? What are they hoping to gain? And then what solutions do you provide to meet those pains, to help with those gains, right? right? And once you have these answers, and literally it's it's not like a, a crazy exercise, but it is revolutionary when you come up with these, when you discover that that, that the customer is, is working like this. This is how they're living. This is how they're operating. This is how they're thinking. This is how we're positioning ourselves. It is not in alignment at all. Yeah. So then you're making these alignment adjustments where, you know what, this word really doesn't communicate to this type of person. You know, this person wouldn't, wouldn't understand that it's not important. It, we're speaking to the wrong person, right? So everything that we would execute on or I would recommend you execute on, you always go back to these user profiles and say, what does this mean to this person? 
You know, yeah. what is this, how is this going to help them? Absolutely. And it also helps you work with, with designers, with um, like graphic designers, with web designers. Uh, I interviewed Anthony Tran. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to play his or yours first, but it'll, y'all are going to be back to back. But because I handed him Anne's profile, he knew exactly who it was that I was going to mm-hmm. be targeting. And when I had my first Bombshell Business Bootcamp live and we got into this, I put everybody, every single Bombshell's brand up on the screen and I had everybody start just shouting out and I whiteboarded words that that it represented to them. So like one person, it was just, it was so spot on. It was spot on for what they were trying to do and nobody knew that I was going to do this. And then another person was not at all who she was or the, the feelings, the emotions, the um, that it wasn't a strong positive emotional reaction and so mm. you know she she completely redid her website because she realized that who she was and what she was omitting were two separate things and then when i put my brand up there i asked people why they worked with me and i didn't tell them anything about my brand cuz women especially are like oh i like that script font because it's pretty okay that's fine but what does it mean and so when i broke down my brand and i was like okay do you see there's a served font where it says bombshell that's a very strong it's also a higher end and then you know when i broke down the colors and why it was feminine but it was also still powerful you know it's in the red family but not too red you know and so mm-hmm. i broke everything down for them and they were like wow so when people come and they're like oh well how you know what do you think about this logo and they just went out and had a logo made and and they're like well is it you know the right color the right font or whatever my first question it goes back to what you said and it's like well what is your customer going to respond to like what what emotion are you trying to project with with that particular or, or maybe not even project but what emotion are you trying to get your customer to feel and so i didn't even I don't go through some of the things that, like the pains, gains, and solutions. Yeah, buddy, I like that. I'm stealing that. Not, not yeah. that, just for my own self. <laughs> no, do it. I mean, absolutely. I mean, everyone should do this, and I don't care where they're at in their business or how long they've been running their business. If they're, if they're really wanting to, again, continue to have these positive experiences with their audience, they need to continue to uh, have a pulse, right? And and on on what their customer is doing. So, like consumer behavior is changing so fast, so rapidly. We've got, you know, amazing advancements in technology. Um, communication is easy. Someone can publish a video and have a billion views on it, you know, right now. And so, so what used to work in this old idea, it doesn't work anymore. Like brands can't just tell people what they are anymore. They have to be experienced. And if they're not experienced in a positive light, they two options, they either become noise or they become obsolete and they just die and fade off. So the idea is really just to be always hip to what is it that the customer's needs are, who they are, what are their pains, what are their gains, and what solutions do you provide to help fit that customer? Um, so for me, this was, uh, this is something that we do with every single person that we work with. Um, we don't do anything unless we have this information. And typically we, we lay this out. Sometimes some of our clients already have this done. Um, but again, this is one of like five exercises that we do in person, um, when we go and we, we facilitate our, our brand discovery process, but it is an absolute critical one. And I even give them a picture, like, you know, when we give them a name, I put a picture, I find a good picture of somebody, um, you know, on a, on a stock, uh, website yeah. and, and I give them a face and I'm like, okay, this is that person. This is exactly who we're talking about. Like I treat them like a real person, not like a, 
oh, between this and this. No, like be extremely specific. And um, the other thing is, you know, I will go back to the tech and media part. If you understand like what type of tech and media and subscriptions that they that they're subscribed to, man, that makes it so much easier to really go and profile them. Like go to those pages, go to those Facebook communities, um, look at them, look at the questions that they're asking you know, other authorities that are in that space. And from that, you're able to collect, uh, you know, a handful of information that will help you create better white paper, you know, whatever you're using to to kind of build your list, if it's an ebook or maybe a video series or something like that. I mean, if you're a digital entrepreneur, building your list is kind of like one of the most important things that you need to be doing. So when you're, when you're trying to evaluate, well, what would my customer download or what would they forfeit their email address for? Well, go to those feeds, you know, now that you've identified what they are, stalk them, you know, hijack that information from somebody else who's built a big audience and use that um, as kind of a baseline for how you're going to, you know, launch your products. Yeah. And so that's, that's super important for me. If I can just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, I, I've always known that I teach Wilma Flintstone how to do business in a Jane Jetson world. My, my bombshells are not, techie type people. They don't like dealing with technology. They're not going to be Twitter users. They're more likely going to be on Facebook and Pinterest. They're not, you know, so for me, understanding that is crucial because I could spend a lot of time and energy in the digital space uh, trying to connect with people. But if I don't show up live where they are, I'm I'm not going to find them. So the fact that my bombshells are even listening to a podcast like I applaud you, ladies. I I see you. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. And I know that they'll use the tools that I share with them because they trust me. You know, so you have to understand that about your customers too. And I'm I'm talking to you, spa owner, who just wants everything to be pretty and lovely and energetically, you know, where it needs to be. You have to understand that your customer probably is using her, you know, her entire life is on her iPhone and, you know, an app could be something that would be super useful or some type of online um, way of, of booking something if you're a salon, because whether you're that way or not, doesn't mean that your customer isn't a huge tech person. And and so that's kind of, um, I think, a struggle that, that I think you've just kind of put out through understanding where where are your women or your men or whoever where are your people going online who are they following what are the magazines because that that also like um if you're going to a conference um if you're going to uh maybe there's an opportunity for you to sponsor an event um how do you choose those type of events well you go back to um i'm not sure i guess you're I call it an ideal customer profile. I don't know what your yeah your yeah ICP. Is. I mean, we call it user profiling. Yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. That's mm-hmm. how you make the decisions. You, you don't do it because you think so. You do it because your customer thinks so. So this is this is genius. So we're kind of I, I try to keep these within a reasonable uh, time for a workout or, or something. But let's just, yeah. let's go back um, real quick um, to what someone should do before they start working with a branding expert or a graphic designer what from a from what type of homework could they do so that they could feel more confident and more effective maybe before they work with somebody 
Yeah, I mean, this this kind of goes back to what we've we have touched on this. I think before you spend and invest any time and money in creating something, that you should do your due diligence um, and make sure that a couple things. One, you need to have absolute clarity on what it is that you that you want. Now, that doesn't mean that you go to a designer and you say, "This is exactly what I want. Do this." Yeah. You know, no, give them some creative integrity. You know, over the project. I mean, there and just so you know, a designer's task is to create something visual that that uh, enhances or feeds the experience that you're trying to have for your customer. Okay. So like, and I'll just go back to that for a second because design is just one of the many pieces that um, you, you add a puzzle piece, right, mm-hmm. to the entire puzzle, which is the user experience, whether it be positive or negative. So design is one thing. Copy and messaging is another thing. Um, there's a handful of different types of, of uh, assets that you can put together that ultimately create that experience. Design is one aspect. So before you go and you hire a designer you do, and you, uh, you know, spend the time and you spend the money to do it, you need to get really intentional on what it is that you want. So and Amber, I'm sure you talk about this on other episodes, but it, these are like life goals. Like, what are your goals in life? What are you really trying to achieve? Are you trying to create a legacy business? Or are you just trying to create something and then sell it later? Like, be very clear on that um, because I've seen a lot of people with a lot of great ideas go just dive right in, but they didn't go through that step zero phase, you know, beginning with the end in mind type of idea. Um, so get clarity on what you want. Are you trying to create a business that provides you with 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 financial freedom and uh, the ability to work with really cool clients? Or are you just trying to shotgun approach and just get any business that you can and work in front of a computer? You know, obviously the way I structured that, of course you don't want to do that. But, um, but again, I, I had to get intentional on what I want. I've created businesses before in the past that were very profitable, but I hated it, you know? So you need to just really think about what you're about to embark on before you go and spend money doing that. And to me, time is the more, is more valuable. I just don't want to waste time building something that isn't going to align with the customer. It's not going to create any sort of emotional connection. It's just going to be considered noise when I put it out online. So, um, I don't want to waste time doing that. Uh, that's number one is getting clarity on what you want. Um, number two, and I'll just go back to it. You really have to know your customer. Like that's, I mean, I know we've already talked about this, so there's n- not much that I can say to deviate from my original answer, but those two things are absolutely critical and they are typically missed. See, more people spend time designing their grocery list than they do their life. So if you spend some time really designing your life and figuring out, well, what is it that I want out of this business? Not just financially, um, but in all aspects of your life, it'll help making the decision process um, a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we talked a lot about the strong, positive, emotional connection that we want to make. Think about not even necessarily the brands that you personally like, but the brands that your ideal customer would like. So so for me, um, I chose as kind of like the the type of, feelings that you get from these brands would be similar to the type of feeling that I would want my customer to have with me. And that's Michael Kors, Restoration Hardware, Ritz-Carlton, American Express. Those are just some examples because it's a it's more of a higher end, high touch, um, very um, intentional and personalized experience when you walk into any of these stores or you deal with them on the phone. Um, you know, I didn't want to be a mass 
Like I don't, I don't want to be for the masses. I want to be a little more exclusive because that's what brings me joy. And I know that that matters. Exclusivity matters to my bombshells. They like VIP. They like behind the velvet rope. They want to sit in a box seat. They don't want to be, you know, in the, in the nosebleeds. That's just not who they are as people. And so if I know that, I can look at these other brands and see, okay, well, how are they doing this? And that's not to say that you rip off somebody else's brand because my brand doesn't look anything like those brands. It's from an energy perspective. It's from a feeling perspective. How are they building trust with their customers and what can I learn from that in order to do the same with mine? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, and I want to say something too, like good artists copy, great artists steal. I, I don't remember who said that. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Picasso or something. But I can tell you that I just interviewed my business coach. I have a, another business coach on my podcast and he talks about nothing is original anymore. And um, I think it's important too, like you don't don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel no matter whatever, whatever you do, it's going to be something unique because it's got you, you know? So you could have the same business model as a thousand other people. One of your biggest differentiators and your biggest X factor is you. So leverage you as much as you possibly can. And amplify your your qualities as much as you can. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. Well, that is <laughs> awesome. So um, we will put everything that you you could possibly need to find Aaron. I do highly encourage you to listen to Branding Like a Boss. Um, you might not want to do it with your kids in the car. Because <laughs> even I've cussed on his podcast, so just a little disclaimer there, but you will love Aaron as much as I do. Um, and all of his contact information and the super quadrant graphic that he will send us, that will all be in the show notes at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts. And I said the episode number that um, Anthony Tran, um, my web designer, was going to be on. And I think I think I had that backwards. So I'm not going to tell you what podcast episode this is because I haven't made up my mind. But if you go to podcasts with an S, um, then then you can certainly find this. Aaron, man, thank you so man, much. There's just- You're welcome. Value, 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 value. I can't even explain like how much free stuff y'all just got on this one episode. So if, if, I can, if I can leave your audience with anything, it's to actually do the exercise that I'm talking about because- <laughs> The, here's the thing. People don't know what they don't know, right? So the question is, is how can we ask the right questions to lead to the results that we need? So this is an exercise where you really have to dive in, You know, spend 20 minutes doing each profile. And I literally want you guys to, when you're doing this, close your eyes and pretend that you are this person that you're creating. Pretend that you're that persona. You know, Are they late for work? Are they always rushed? Like, I want you to just literally put yourself in their shoes. And you will be amazed at what you discover from that. And then from, from, from that discovery, you know, provide solutions that fit within that person's lifestyle. Uh, just, it's a fun exercise when you do it. So that's, that's the last thing I want to leave you guys with. Sounds awesome. Well, okay, bombshells. I, d I don't know what, what more we could cram into one episode. I hope you enjoyed that immensely. And if you did head over to iTunes, give this podcast a rating and review, tell other bombshells why they should listen to it so they can get access. It'll just, it, it just brings more exposure to this free information that, that we're sharing with you today. Um, drop me an email if you have anything that you'd like to private uh, privately share with me. I always love getting those and I love being proud alongside of you as you're on your journey. And bombshell, I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources and be sure to tune in again. 
Cheers to you, Bombshell. 